I've been up for a bit. I've just made my second coffee. So I like your cup and that coffee looks delicious. <laughs> the nice if, big if, one. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you have coffee right now, you will not go to bed. Me? Okay. What? It's only yeah, 9.30 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> oh, girl. Girl, it, it's 7.30 at night here. If she has coffee right now. Oh, if right you now, guys have coffee. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm, I'm also having an energy drink, so, you know. What the hell is wrong with you? I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was like, I gotta wake up. <laughs> Five-year-olds, man. I wanted to tell you. You're killing me. <laughs> killing me. Teenagers so, aren't better. I'm just letting you know. Oh, no. <laughs> when does the break come? Does it ever come? I mean, I'm just, yeah. Yeah, when they when they move out of the house. Oh, I don't want him to leave, though. Hello. <laughs> I'm like, you can stay here forever. My you oldest t- just bought a motorbike. I'm not <gasps> getting much sleep. Oh, no. Wait, how old's your oldest? He turns 21 in October. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Motorbikes. Nah. No. Hey, you could do one in your backyard. It's big enough. Just get Max like the little no. baby one, man. No. No, 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 no. My husband wants to get dirt bikes, <laughs> but I'm like, absolutely not. He's five. What is he going to do? That's horrible. I Have can't fun. even. Oh, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, oh, the danger. I don't know. <laughs> All right, Break man. Oh, beat bones. I know. I mean, no. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's bad enough he tried to kill you yesterday with the Lego. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. He was making um, arrows out of Legos and he has like a toy bow. So he was shooting his Lego arrows with his bow and arrow and. It was a weapon. It became a weapon. And we had to have a conversation about how you can't make weapons. It's not safe. (laughs) You know what else is a weapon when it comes to Lego? Standing on it when you're not ready. Welcome back to another episode of Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. I'm Dirty Skittles, and I'm joined here with... G-Rex. I know. <laughs> I felt like doing something different that time. Uh, but we're also here joined by... Or joined by? Joined by? Joined with? Someone's here with, with us? With. With Megs. Hey, Megs. <laughs> hey. How are you? I'm good. I'm watching G-Rex slowly cringe like, let's do it again. No, let's keep it natural, man. We're just going to keep it rolling. <laughs> Whatever, girl. Whatever, you know. Welcome so, to the show, Megs. Here's the cool Megs thing with Megs. So Megs is calling. We are interviewing Megs all the way from Australia. So I am so excited about this episode. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. I'm what? here from your feature. I know, I know, I know. Tell everybody Who what said you said. We couldn't time travel. I know. Proving them wrong. Uh, what time is it where you're located? It's 9.30 a.m. or nice. 9.34 now. So your day is just getting started or what time do you normally start? This second coffee right here. Nice. Uh, I've been up since 5.30 today because I was also chatting with someone else at, at 6 a.m. this morning. So, Man. Been, uh, yeah. Wow. I'm primed and ready. Girl. Okay, nice. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, Megs, tell us a little bit about what you do. 
That's a different question than I got asked this morning. This I'm morning excited. she said, who are you? Oh. I was like, oh, how long have you got? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, so I do a lot of things. I wear a lot of hats. Uh, my most important hat is that I am a mum of, well, I am in the, I have the blessing of caring for seven children. Three of them I birthed myself and four of them I'm honoured to guide into adulthood with their father. (laughs) The love of my life. So I'm a mother first and foremost. Uh, That is my most important job. And I also am a podcaster like you guys which I love because I love to talk. So I'm really excited to be here chatting with you guys. Uh, And I'm also a life alignment coach. That could mean many, many things. One thing I am not is a life coach because as one of my best friends says, no one's qualified to teach life or coach (laughs) coach that. We're all figuring it out as we go. But by me saying life alignment coach, what that means is that I help people uncover what's most true and real about themselves or rediscover more importantly and live in alignment with that so create their life as I believe we are the creators of our existence we are a product of our choices but to make choices that are in alignment with who we really are instead of who we think we should be who we've been pretending to be or who other people have told us we should be yeah in a nutshell <laughs> that's what I do. Hey, I love this. I love, know. love, love, right? love all of it. Um, so question Meg's, I don't know, 15 years ago, would she have thought that you would be doing what you're doing today? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> 15 years ago, you know, it's actually hard to remember where I was 15 years ago. I started coaching eight years ago. So if I think back about that long again, man, I was a busy mum with small children at that point. I did have, I've always had a little side hustle going on. I'm not someone who sits still mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I mean, I'll sit still while we're chatting here, but yeah, I'm not someone who does nothing. Uh, so even though I was a busy mom, I always had a little something going on on the side for myself to keep myself sane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love to grow and learn and try new things. So I think if I go back 15 years, I probably would have been a Tupperware lady. Huh, believe no. it or not. Nice. Okay. That was. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, you didn't I, like, see that coming, did you? No, well, it actually <laughs> reminded me we just had somebody on our podcast, and that was her first job was selling Tupperware. So I was just thinking to myself, man, twice, twice a season, and we heard <laughs> about Tupperware, which is, you know, it's cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was my first business. So my first entry into so like working for myself and owning my own time and okay. that kind of thing. All yeah. right. So how did you move from that into what you do today? What was your journey mm. like? Such a journey. So, I mean, I feel like my coaching journey actually began when I was a hairdresser. I told you I wore many hats. I was not lying. So the first <laughs> one I wore was a hairdresser. <laughs> and I feel like when I, well, I mean, I was in that space for probably the same amount of time, but I remember like people coming in mm-hmm. and just they would pour. I mean, you've been to the hedge. I know yes. you've been to the hairdresser recently to your uh, Rex. I just called <laughs> yeah. you T Rex. Did you slip up? T Rex. Uh looking good, by the way. 
Um, but you. you know, when you go to the hairdresser, we pour our heart out, mm-hmm. right? We, we usually like, they go, how's life? And you go, what? You've got me stuck me. Well, this color's on. You've got me the whole time. I'm going to tell you how my life. <laughs> and they do. And so what I end up feeling like after, you know, being in that role for a while was that I'm kind of a counselor. And I think any hairdresser that you speak to will tell you that we kind of end up, you know, soothing our clients more than just making them beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I really feel like my fascination with human behavior came from. And what I mean by that is we, no one really has a clue who they are. I mean, we just, when we're figuring it out as we go, which is the beauty of being in a human being, right? Figuring it out as we go. And most of the time we figure it out when we, when we screw up or when things aren't going well, which is generally what they're sharing. And so <laughs> what I found fascinating is that people would come back and they would still have the same issues like six or eight weeks later that they had <laughs> six or eight weeks before. I'm like, why are we doing nothing about this? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell you that part of my story because it did it, like a lot of the things that I've done after that, like I had my own salon for a while with my own clients. So that was, um, yeah, that was even more so intense because they were my, my clients coming to me over and over again. Uh, and then I went into into uh, Tupperware, like I said, and I was working closely with women who were very much like me, like wanting to get out of the house, wanting to have something of their own. And so I ended up becoming a manager there and working closely with people in their development just mm. to make sure that they were successful because that was like that's what gave me purpose and why I loved it. Moving from there, as my kids got older, sold a number of things. Uh, <laughs> that was just one of them, but. When I got into uh, this space, into the coaching space, I really started to go deeper with people on that. And the reason that I love it is because everyone has a story. Mm -hmm. Everyone has something about them that's unique. Even if they've been through something similar to somebody else, the way they look at it, the way they approach it is their own. And And like I said, no one sees their own wisdom. No one sees their own brilliance. Uh, but what I had to do was actually go on that journey first. So I did that work myself. I got really passionate about it. And then I was fortunate enough to be in a position to step into a coaching role with the organization I was working with at the time. And it's been, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that journey more if you want, but that's kind of where, how I ended up where I am now. It's just a progression of, you know, this fascination with, with humans. Yeah. We're all amazing. We just don't know it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds surprisingly natural from Tupperware to hairdresser. As soon as you said hairdresser, I was going to ask, oh, is it true what they say? Like everybody tells their hairdresser all yeah. of what's happening in their life. So <laughs> um, I can only imagine being like, why didn't you listen to me? We talked about this like three months <laughs> we ago. We talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you such great advice yeah. from all my like, 25 years of life. Like, right. Come on. So, I mean, I guess that that leads into like just a random question. You don't have to answer it. But do you ever find yourself in that position now where you're like, I, we had this conversation, like I gave you this advice and it's still a repeat issue for someone. And if so, is that frustrating? Like, or is that still like rewarding? Because essentially your work's not yeah, done. Yeah, I mean, I, 
oh, look, it's probably, you know where that happens a lot? With my children. Uh, I'm like, I gave you this advice. Like, what? Uh, like, they're the ones that don't think I'm wise. Like, you know, there's other people that I've met that tell me I am, but not them. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, like, one of the things that I think is really important is that when, like, it's one thing to uncover your sense of self and go on that, you know, we all have little identity crises throughout our life. I had a massive one. You could ask me about that if you want. <laughs> uh, but, like, when we have those times of, like, okay, I need to do something about this and we go into that, into doing the work and transforming and changing what's going on. If you don't learn how to do that for yourself, you're going to find yourself back there. Mm. And so I think it's really important um, in my role as uh, as a facilitator, which I'd rather call myself than a coach, uh, but coach makes more sense when people come across me, you know, without yeah. me explaining it. Uh, but when I facilitate that process for people, it's really important for them to then understand how they can do that. It's do that for themselves and how they can realign when they need to, because life, let's face it, it's going to keep throwing shit at you, right? Yeah. It's, there's going to be chaos. <laughs> there's going to be stuff that happens and we're going to have another, you know, time where we feel like we need to level up or we need to re, you know, rediscover parts of ourselves or realign and we need to know how to do that. So it's yeah. that whole, like, give a man a fish, teach a man a fish. You know, yeah. like we need people need to learn how to, how to keep doing the work. I'm happy for them to come back to me, of course and have that conversation again. But I really feel like that's a really important part of, of uh, why I do what I do. And yeah, yeah I think it's, that's a really long answer to that no, question. No, I love that. <laughs> I, I, I think immediately as you're telling your story, I'm finding stuff in my past that I can use to relate to what you're saying. And I think that is something that to a degree, I don't know that I'll ever stop learning how to focus and align on what I want out of my life. So um, with that being said, to get to where you were today, you mentioned that you had to do work on yourself. What was, I guess, the trigger point for you that made you jump into that? And if you're comfortable sharing, obviously. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of where to start. So I think, you know, one of the things that we all maybe are unaware of is the right way to put it is that we make up stories about ourselves our whole life right yeah. so we go through things as a kid and obviously we we get parented the way we get parented let's leave that there park that <laughs> one uh, and then we make stories up about who we are mm -hmm. based on what you know those things and so then what we do is we look for evidence that story is true so we don't think we're crazy right so then we have this so we have this story we have an origin where that story was created we're not aware of any of this which i said first and then we go okay if this story is true i need to find evidence to make sure i'm not crazy so then we gather evidence our whole life mm -hmm. my story which i'll share with you about me was that i was not good enough and i know mm -hmm. that's not uncommon a lot of people think that and everyone's variation of not good enough is different but mine was like I just never felt like I was good enough and the way that I showed up then even as a young child was to just be perfect try and be as good as possible so that I didn't upset anybody so mm -hmm. that no one was upset with me and there was plenty of evidence as I 
as we search for it, we like, you know, we go looking for the evidence to make that real. And I lived into that for so long. I was like the ultimate people pleaser. I was somebody who would put myself last in every scenario just to make sure that everybody else was happy and fulfilled and getting what they want. And more importantly, liked me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that got really freaking exhausting as I got older. I can imagine. And as it really didn't hit me that that, and I showed up like that as a mother, which my, my kids will probably have therapy over that later, but that's fine. <laughs> like I, uh, <laughs> we all have our, our own cross to bear. Right? Like I, I just showed up that way everywhere. And it wasn't until the kids got older and they didn't need me in the same way they did when, when they were little, like they didn't need me to make sure that they, you know, <laughs> they survived. They just needed me to feed them, um, which I still do. But like, they didn't need me in the same capacity. Yeah. So that opened up kind of like a, a more space mm-hmm. for me to to see my, to see me. And it was around the time that I was forty, mm-hmm. where I had my like what I call a holy shit moment. I was like, how the hell am I forty? <laughs> I still don't feel forty. Um, but like, I, I just felt like I should be way happier, way healthier, <laughs> way more in love. There's so many things. And I realized that all of that is on me because I never, ever, ever did any of those things. I never focused on anything for me. So everyone else in my life was happy except me. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I realized I had to, I, I had to do something about that. Because I suddenly had all this time to think about it. I suddenly had more time to reflect on it, which is in the thinking. But then, you know, I wasn't happy with the relationship, the state of my relationships. More importantly, just how I was showing up. Mm. And so that was where I really started to kind of step into eating my own cooking, as I like to say. Because I was already in the coaching space at that point. Not as as heavy, like not as as deep as I am now, but I was in the start of it, yeah. And I just was like, "Wow, I got to do this work myself," because I'm not the kind of person that's going to tell someone else to do something and be something if I'm not doing that first. Yeah, you showed up for yourself. That's huge. Yeah, and chose me after all that time. And I totally love that. So your story sort of aligns with my story, right? So I went through this horrible depression in around Christmas time, right? And I I found the one thing that truly made me happy, and that was laughing and talking to people. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you go back even 10 months ago, this podcast was not even in our wheelhouse. Not even not even a thought of it. So I I feel like I, I had to go through all that shit that I went through. To get where I am now, I am much happier now. I, I think I'm the happiest I've been in probably 20 years. And people that see me and talk to me and, you know, even listen to the podcast, they they feel it. And it's very humbling to me because a lot like you, like it took me until probably the last five months to see myself the way that everybody else sees me. And um, I'm completely humbled by all of this. Um, I. I can't even read our reviews anymore because it makes me cry <clears throat> because I don't, I, it, it takes a lot for me to understand 
kind of what what we've all gone through, right? And the process to to get all of this out and you know to to talk to really interesting people and kind of figure out how they dealt with all the shit in their life and you know coming out on the other end of, of everything. I I'm extremely fortunate. And you know, I, I do the homework. I do the homework every day. You know, I I the one thing that I forgot to do for myself is practice self-love and self-care. And I, I think that is very, very, very important. Like everybody should do it every day. Dirty skittles. I'm sorry. Did mm-hmm. I point you out? Oh, I did. I did. You always, you always point me out. <laughs> um, yeah, I was thinking of you, G-Rex, as Megs was sharing. I was like, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, but the, the showing up for yourself, I think, is huge. And it's something that... I commend you for like I think that that I mean being a mom myself like it's it's I resonate with that like you're constantly showing up for other people and then to have like I get little pockets of time now and he's only five but I'm like I feel like I'm always rediscovering my interests what makes me happy and showing up for myself in those little ways but I am curious in your journey because I, I would imagine that had to have been hard and maybe harder at certain times than others. Was there ever a regression or did you have, I guess, the end goal? Was that enough to keep you going and showing up for yourself? Mm. Definitely there's there's sometimes like one step forward, two steps back, you know, because the, when you just make that decision... Mm-hmm. And you have the courage to step into that journey. That's when the universe, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I call it universe, tests you. It's like, all right, then, mate, <laughs> you think you're going to be able to do this? Let's just throw this at you and see how you go with it, you know. Um, one of those things was actually my 28-year relationship ending. Uh, not everyone's going to like you showing up differently mm-hmm. and not everyone is going to here's what happens <laughs> here's what <laughs> happens so you decide that you're going to be bigger that you're going to express yourself that you're going to try on this new you know mm-hmm. or, or rather take the coat off probably is more, more of a better analogy <laughs> I love analogies not going to be sorry for that um and it makes everyone around, well, it does two things. It, it either gives everyone permission to do the same mm. or it makes the people that aren't ready to do that uncomfortable. And so in that discomfort, they are going to try and pull you down. They're going to try and keep you as the version that they know. And in my case, because I was somebody who was an overfunctioner, that made everybody else's life easy. So all of a sudden, when you stop doing that, that makes everyone else's life hard. They get grouchy. (laughs) Right. And so then you've got to like navigate that and decide like it's so easy to step back, which I did so many times, step back from it because I didn't like I was stepping back into that old habit of like, oh, I don't like upsetting this person. I don't like that they're unhappy with me. I don't like this. But uh, then you just have to keep choosing you Mm -hmm. you know it's like you've got to keep doing it over and over again every single day you got to choose yourself and 
you know, I think the same thing about, this is like totally off topic. I hope this is okay. But like, I think the same thing about love. Love is a verb. Mm-hmm. It's something that you choose to do. And so you choose, actually, it's not really off topic now that I'm going through it, <laughs> but like you choose to love somebody for everything they are and everything they're not. And you choose to do that over and over again mm-hmm. every day. And so love to me is a verb and it's something that we continue to do. And it's the same thing with loving yourself. So like you've got to choose yourself. So yeah, you're going to regress because people are going to push back and there's going to be friction and there's going to be tension and you know, heartache, (laughs) but you've got to choose you. Like you only get one go in this body, in this set of circumstances, Mm. you know, and so you're going to make the most of it. And at some point you have to decide that that's what you're going to do and not everyone's going to like it. And there was some really hard goodbyes for me in my, in my, you know, my journey. Uh, But I, you know, on the other side of that, is everything I've ever wanted. And you know what's really interesting too is that the momentum, the momentum that comes from choosing you. And the more you do it, the more you end up, like it's the speed. Like mm-hmm. I'm only 45. I'm happy to say all that. But like <laughs> it's been five years, right, mm-hmm. since I just shared what I shared. Like in my life is a 180. It's done a 180 compared to what it was like then. Wow. It's ridiculous. And most of that's happened in the last 12 months, if I'm honest. So yeah. it's like it's it snowballs and it speeds up and the momentum is exciting. I'm excited for you, G-Rex. It's only been that, like that long because like in another 12 months where you're going to be, if you keep choosing you, it, it's so freaking exciting. And you know what? You have to, it's not easy to do that. And that's why I think the work that I'm doing is so important because and why I feel showing like continuously showing up for people with like what we're doing now, but also on my podcast is like, keep choosing you. They need, we need to be reminded yeah, because it's so easy to just slip back into how you were before because it's easier, but it's actually not easy in the long run. It's exhausting. (laughs) I can tell you. It's extremely exhausting. Yeah. And, but like you said, with the momentum, like, you know, January rolled around still kind of a hard month. February rolls around. We, launched the podcast and then it's been like this crazy like fun carnival ride right like it it's been amazing and just it's opened my eyes to so many different possibilities um both for dirty skittles and I I we love doing this I love talking to people I learn something new every, with every single conversation and I'm re- I'm re- rediscovering like who I who I should be and mm. why I'm this way and I'm seeing it now that I you know I've gone back to work and I'm much happier I'm so much happier <clears throat> dirty skittles will tell you the the from like December to January was really really rough for me yeah but I I'm in such a better place and I love listening to you Megs because you everything you said is everything that I felt and I'm doing for myself. And right now I choose me. I choose my happiness. I choose what my destiny is going to be. And at 60, I wish that I had learned these lessons in my forties. So that gives you a chance, dirty Skittles. You can learn all these, all the dumb life lessons (laughs) I already learned 
we're going to teach them to you because right? I don't want you to like wake up at 59 and a half and be like, what the fuck is <laughs> I mean, to go back to you, G-Rex, I remember that really rough time and conversations we had around then. And I remember when you made the decision to start therapy and start choosing you, right, essentially. I remember telling you, oh, I'm so excited for you. Like, I can't wait for you to feel like a sense of relief because you were at a low low. And I was like, oh, she's choosing herself. She's taking the steps to to get higher than this and feel better than this. And I just remember telling you, I'm really, really, really excited for you because it's going to be yeah. it was exactly what you needed to do in that moment. And you did it. And yeah, you know, and I, I can't wait for like the next six months. Right. Like there's just so much happening, so much good happening in my life. And I really, really, really try hard not to regress. Right. Like. One of the problems that I have, Megs, is I get into my own damn head, right? And, like, I have to remember to center myself and <clears throat> remember that I'm a good person, that I do know a lot. So I, like, that's one of the things I still kind of struggle with. I actually had therapy yesterday just to get out of my head because mm -hmm. uh, tomorrow <clears throat> at work, I have my first customer call. And I'm also going to share my mental health journey with the company. Um, because it's really important for people to realize that it can happen to anybody. Like nobody, nobody thought it would ever happen to me. I didn't think it would happen to me. And when it did, it was terrifying. And so I don't want anybody to ever feel the same way that I did. But I will tell you, um, I did get a comment from somebody that listens to our podcast. And they said that we actually saved their life. Whoa. Because they are going to therapy now. Whoa, and dealing with their own struggles and their own insecurity. So, like I said, very humbling. You know, we are not professionals by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, that to me resonated a lot with me because, like I said, I don't ever want to go back to where I was. I want to keep moving forward. Yeah. Wow, that's, that's huge. Powerful. Yeah. Wow. Um, how do you even like segue off of that? It's huge. I, 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 so I, I, I do have one for Meg. Yeah, so we go. took your little quiz, right? Oh yeah. That you have on your webcast, on your <laughs> webpage. And I'm like, I'm the bitchy one. I think oh. I was Debbie Downer. Was there a Debbie Downer? Hang on now. Yeah. Hold up. Let me reframe <laughs> that for you. You're not her. She's like, part of you. That's what it was. <laughs> Wait, so you brought that up, but now I feel like we have to have Megs talk about the quiz. Yeah. Did you say you got Debbie Downer? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I believe I did. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was my exact reaction. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm a Debbie Downer. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you uh, brought that up and that you've told me that you felt like that because... I'll have to revisit maybe how I'm, I'm marketing it because the whole thing is that I want you to understand that she's not you. She's not the real you anyway. She's a part of you, yeah. but she's not the real you. She's not the you that you want, you know, showing up and 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 being the front face, right? Mm. So the quiz, it's called the Freed from BS quiz. So I renamed it recently because I felt like that's totally what it is. It's like freeing you up from the bullshit mm -hmm. in your head. Um 
And what I've found really powerful is in part of my journey was actually giving that inner mean girl a name. So when when I did the work around that, because that's one of the things that stops us from moving forward at all, if we're honest, which is why I've got it as like the first kind of touch point with my audience. It's like, go and take this quiz. It's a bit of fun, blah, blah, blah. But you actually don't realize that that voice is the one that's stopping you from booking a call with me or from going to therapy or having that hard conversation or leaving that job or whatever. It's that voice in the back. It's like, you're not good enough to do that. Oh, that's my story. (laughs) But you know, there's a number of stories that tend to come up. And while I, when I said um, my story was, I'm not good enough. I know that there would have been a lot of people listening, nodding because it's not like that's unique to me, but my Mm -hmm. version of it is unique. Mm -hmm. So first thing we've got to uncover is the story and then we go, okay, well, what's unique about this, right? And then how do we, but for a bit of fun, you can take the quiz. You can uncover what the story is. There's five sort of main ones that then there's like a hundred variables of each (laughs) that you may uncover. And then from there we go, okay, who is it feeding you this bullshit? Because it's not really who you are. You're, everyone is unique and amazing. And we need to uncover that potential so that you can live into it. But there's also this other side of us that is there kind of, you know, screaming at us when we want to put ourselves out there and do something new. And so what I know is that we're never going to get rid of it. It's always going to be there. And so when we reframe why it's there, why it's there is to keep you safe. Mm. That voice is there to stop you from making a fool of yourself to, <laughs> you know, um, keep you safe. It's a part of our brain that's there for a reason. But unfortunately, what I've found is that it gets really loud sometimes, <laughs> especially when we're not feeling great about ourselves. And we tend to, it, it's so loud that it's deafening and therefore it paralyzes you from taking action. And so that's where I find a lot of people get stuck. So what I want to do is bring awareness to that and be like, okay, let's just acknowledge that it's there. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of, you know, park it over there, <laughs> give it a name. Let so that her we sit can... in the corner. <laughs> yeah. It's like put her in the back seat, <laughs> quiet down in the cheap sheets, you know, cheap um, put it in the back seat, take it out of the driver's seat and then put yourself in the driver's seat because that bitch has been driving for too long, <laughs> right? <laughs> And once we, I can say that, can't I? Yes, you can. <laughs> but once we, once we name it, it's not that you disassociate from it. It's still a part of you, but it now has a different purpose. And so we can learn how to turn that volume down on that so that we can courageously step forward. And so I'm glad you brought it up because, yeah, I'm sure when you first see it, you're like, oh, but that's not the point. The point is, okay, now I know. Yeah. What, she, what it's saying, why it's saying that. And when you name something or you language something, and it's the same with what I do with, with um, my clients, is like we, we give language to the things that are meaningful <laughs> and then they become tangible. So when something has language, it becomes real. It's like when people are manifesting something and they, or they have a vision board and they, you know, Now all of a sudden it's out of your head and you can see it and it's tangible and you can move towards it. Well, in this case, we're going to move away from it, but it still becomes (laughs) tangible and you can be more intentional with that information. Yeah. That makes sense. It does. Like as you were saying that, I'm like, okay, as soon as I gave her a name, she wasn't yelling so loud. Right. Like I knew you were there. I acknowledge you, but now we can, you know, 
put you in the back. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, Strap her down. down, down you have to. <laughs> Debbie Downer needs to go sit in the corner. Okay? <laughs> yeah. For like a really long time. Like forever. I know, right? But I agree. Like, I think that part of my brain exists because it does keep me from doing crazy shit. You know, I need to have that that bit there. But yeah, she needs to not yell so loud. So now that I know what her name is, she can go back there and chill out. <laughs> um, I mean, sort of just kind of going back to something you said earlier. And G-Rex, I'm sure you and I will agree, like, every time we film or we record a podcast, I learn something. And in this one, you've definitely given me a different perspective, which, as I think about it now, and as I've been thinking about it since, like, that that idea sparked, seems silly to me. Because I'm like, how didn't I think about this before? But the perspective of the way I love somebody unconditionally, I can love myself that same way. And I think that that's huge. Like, I'm like... Like, why didn't I think about that before? Like, why wasn't that a part of just my everyday choosing me? So I just want to say thank you for that. Like, I've learned a different perspective that I'm going to take away from this one. I love that. Yeah. And you know that just to add to that too, like, if you really want to go deep on that, it's like when you have a child, Mm -hmm. in my case, when I had my daughter, she's 15 now, and I think... I know how mean I was to myself when I was 15. Like I was <laughs> depressed back then. Like I, and definitely I was being heavily bullied at school. I, if my bully had social media, let's just say I wouldn't be oh, wow. sitting here with you yeah. because it, at least I got to go home and get away from it. I'll tell you that part of my story because I, in turn, mm-hmm. the evidence I gathered at that point in my life um, for what we're talking about was was heavy. And so I was so mean to myself at that stage. And I look at my daughter now and I have actually I have my daughter who's 15 and then I have uh, 16, 17 and 19-year-old girls in oh, my care. Wow. When I look at them, I think, oh, my God, could you imagine if what I was saying to myself I was saying to those girls? Mm. Yeah. I would be put away for some of the things I said to myself if I said that stuff out loud to somebody else, in particular my daughters. So I'm like, no, we need to, like it's a really good perspective to have and it just makes you realise like how much that can affect us. Imagine how it would affect them if if I said that stuff to them and meant it. So we say that stuff to ourselves like subconsciously. We need to bring awareness to that. And I think it's like, very in line with the title of your podcast but like that is that's shit's got to stop yeah it's not going to go anywhere but we can reframe it and we can use it to our advantage um yeah we need to and also it's like i to add to that i know how good i love others that i'm like yo why am i holding out on myself (laughs) like i would benefit from it you know so i think i mean huge Mm. huge and 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 the same for me yeah. Same for yeah. me. Like I, you know, being a true empath, you know, I feel everybody's feelings, but you know, now I have boundaries mm. and mm. I choose me because yeah. I, that's, that's my key to happiness is I choose me. And then if, so I have a little box, it's called the boundaries box. <laughs> so if it smells like drama, it doesn't get to come in anymore. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, how do you, Megs, yeah. how do you set boundaries? Like, I'm, I ask because I'm curious if you're affected by some of the work that you do. 
hearing other people's stories, do you have a way to stay aligned with yourself? Mm, I feel like that's a two-pronged answer. <laughs> but no, um, do you know the other thing you just said there, and it kind of goes in line with what you're saying, is there's no way I would be able to do the work I do if I didn't know myself and, like mm. I said, eat my own cooking because it would affect me because we take on other people's drama and, and BS when we don't we don't have boundaries because we don't know who we are. And so it's, it's like we, where would we even start? There's, there's nothing to align with. There's nothing to, like it's not real. It's all in our mm. subconscious. So we need to bring that stuff into our awareness and then we need to have like healthy boundaries around what's okay and what's not okay. So we need to know all the things we will accept and all the things we won't accept. And then we can figure out where that boundary goes. But one thing that I just want to say about what you said there, uh, G-Rex, is that as much as I started choosing me, I needed to do that. And I do do that in a way that still allows me to be who I am because here's the really, here's the crux of it, right? Or the paradox of what we've been talking about. Even though I grew up being somebody who pleases others, I actually also know that that makes me the person that I am. Mm-hmm. So I am somebody who loves other people. Like I'm I'm a hugger. I'm like the most affectionate. If we were meeting in person, you would have got a hug by now. Like mm-hmm. I'm a hugger. I am affectionate. I'm somebody who likes to acknowledge other people. I know what my, these are values of mine. So I am somebody who includes other people. I know where, why I'm that way and that did come from something that was not actually um, necessarily positive but because I went through that and because I chose to be that way and then continued to be that way, it's also made me who I am. So we need to really start to look and go, okay, these are things that like we're saying this isn't a good thing to think, well, I'm a people pleaser or I'm a miss or I'm that. Yeah, but what's the the beauty in that? Mm-hmm. There's still beauty in that. So we need, when we talk about boundaries, it's like, well, we don't take that too far, but we can still be that way. I still love looking after my family. Mm -hmm. I love looking after my partner, you know, Uh, but we need to have a boundary around where that then becomes self-abandonment because otherwise if you put yourself completely in the back and you do not look after yourself, then it's too much. And then we end up back where we started in this conversation. So I think when it comes to boundaries, it's like recognizing that some of the things that you're going to uncover, like that we want to let go of, we want to rescue the value from it though. Mm -hmm. So it's like we go and unpack it. We rescue the value from those things and then we let the shit go and we leave that stuff back there. And then we carry those beautiful things with us and we can be intentional about it. And then when we can be intentional about it, then we can set a boundary that's healthy. I love that. I know. Love, 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 love this. Oh my God. Like I've learned so many things tonight. I, See, I should have had my paper with me tonight. <laughs> Lucky recording. <laughs> so Megs, where can people find you if they want to continue conversations with you? I love that you said if, because you know what? I'm not for everyone. And you know what? I'm totally, after a long time, and after you've just heard my story, I'm okay with this. I'm totally okay with this. 
Um, so if I am someone that you uh, want to connect with, then you can yeah, reach me on my, probably my website is the best place to go, just free to be you.com. Uh, my little quiz is going to pop up and tempt you. So if you want to take that, please do. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the other thing to do is just to like jump on a call. I love to talk if you haven't noticed. So I'd love to talk to you. And if I'm your person and you want me to navigate this journey for you, then I'm all in. Nice. I love that. Oh, Megs. Man, you are so lessons. awesome. So, lessons. So I have a question for Megs. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Because personally, it's one of my um, one of my favorites. Next to mine. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. And I did see your review and I did go. I did have a little moment there. So thank you for that. <laughs> um, well, my podcast is called The Freed To Be You Podcast. And if you give me like 30 seconds, I want to tell you why it's mm-hmm. freed and not free because I've been told so many times that it's grammatically incorrect. And guess what? I don't give a shit uh, because it's a reason for that. <laughs> I love that. Tell us. <laughs> tell the people. So the D is there for a reason because we need to step over the line into self-discovery like we've been talking about so we need to we need we need to understand that the freedom is on the other side of of choosing ourselves and so that's why it's freed to be you and not free to be you uh because i want people to understand that there is there is a precipice that we have Mm -hmm. to be brave enough and so my podcast is about giving people the courage to do that and the way that i do that is by having people on who have either done it themselves so they are Step, step through self-abandonment and they're living a fully ex- self-expressed life or there's somebody who's personally helped me on that journey or they're helping other people or helping my audience which is generally women over 40 uh, who are they helping them in a different way so health is a big thing there's a lot of things that get in the way of us showing up fully and being self-expressed and loving our life so we need to like our health changes massively after we turn before you even care what anyone says. That doesn't work the way that it used to. So we need to understand that. And then like, you know, relationships is a big topic for me because I think that where we uncover ourselves and where we get the most, where we uncover ourselves and also where we can get the most stuck is in our relationships and where we relate to other people. So lots of chats, lots of conversations that I'm having. I am going to bring in a little bit, you know, more um, juicy topics next year, but uh yeah, I just want to give people permission to have the courage to actually do the work and know that that work's going to go on. It's never mm-hmm. going to end. Well, I'm only going to stop doing it when I'm in the in the ground. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to tell you that, you know, if you think that you have big, you know, health and life changes at 40, wait till you hit 60. Okay? Because <laughs> it fucking slaps you in the face. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> like, and that's the like thing, hard. it never ends. <laughs> right we're gonna completely we're gonna be reinventing ourselves and rediscovering ourselves until we're not doing that anymore so you know we're gonna learn how to do that so i have so i have two questions for you what do you do now for self-love mm. and what do you do for self-care oh self-care well I got my nails done yesterday, which nice. is what most people nice. think of when you say that, right? Right. Right. Where make people go the obvious things. So that's one of the obvious things. But I, one of the biggest things I do is I forgive myself mm. often 
because I'm not going to be, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm perfect, even though that's my, been my life goal, as we just discussed, <laughs> uh, but I'm far from it and we do screw up. And one of the biggest things I think we need to learn how to do is forgive ourselves daily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not an obvious thing yeah. and it's not easy to do because if we don't, that cup fills up real fast. And then it's a lot more work. So that's one of the things I do. I've learned how to forgive myself. What does that look like? Uh, if it's something, if it, if it involves somebody else, then I, I own it. If it doesn't, then I like to I like to journal. I like to write things down. So that's also something I do. Um, and self-love, I, I, I freaking love music. I love podcasts, but I really love music. I find it's kind of therapeutic for me and it's interesting what music I choose, but I find that it shifts my mood immediately. And if I'm not doing anything where I need to have other, you know, or if I'm not editing or on a podcast, but there's always some music in the background because I just find it just, yeah, I love it. And also love the beach, which I think we might have chatted about that before. <laughs> but, um, I live on a, in a beautiful place, so getting outside and, Another obvious one, right? But yeah, like we it. need to figure out what that stuff is for us. So it's a great question. I love it. Dirty Skittles. We need to go to Australia now. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> oh, Literally. please do. We would have so much fun. <laughs> Literally sign me up. Although I hear you guys got some, like, huge bugs and, like, all kinds of crazy shit over there, right? So <laughs> funny. Everyone of, everyone over there yeah. thinks that. <laughs> I don't know where it started from, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, that would be awesome. We should do it. Ooh, we could do like a traveling, a traveling podcast. podcast. Yeah, we go to Australia first stop. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that would be awesome. I I love your story, Megs. Yeah, and I I love everything about your podcast and your and your message, and it just it resonates with me on such a high level. Yep. And I, I think that's why I love your podcast so much too. Um, you're just a good person. You, you really are. You have an amazing heart. And just sharing your story with us was huge. Yeah. Thank you, Megs. I appreciate it. I mean, I've learned more in this episode than I probably have all season. Like just the perspective. I'm not going to forget it. So thank you. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.